Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity in Fellowship podcast. Uh, Today, we are asking the question, should we fight for racial reconciliation? We are called Diversity in Fellowship. Me and Brother William, we are passionate about racial reconciliation. But there are many who claim that racial reconciliation is not actually necessary. And if it's not actually necessary, should we be fighting for something that is not necessary for the church to be doing? Yes. Yeah. So, so brother, what what are some of the arguments that people are making to say that we don't need racial reconciliation? Right. So the biggest one, at least the one that um, I see, and the reason, kind of the reason why we're we're talking about this, this is something that Kenny and I see, especially on social media, but even just you hear it in conversations and people talking like we don't, um, we we don't, you know, we don't need to fight for racial reconciliation. But that that's, you know, because you may be saying, well, nobody's actually saying that, but there are like people are saying like, this is, we don't need to do that. Um, and so that that's kind of, you know, again, a part of the reason why we're addressing it. The arguments that they're using, at least the one that I see used the most often, is that race is just a social construct. In other words, it's something we've made up. Yes. There's actually no biological difference between Kenny and I, right? Right. Uh, between black people and white people or whatever uh, person of color you want to choose, Right. That we're all we're all we're all just one race under yes. God, and so there's no need to actually fight for racial reconciliation. Yes, we, we just made up these divisions. We we made up you know based upon skin color or you know other reasons, and so uh, well particularly with race it would be uh, skin color. So and so we we've made up these divisions, and therefore there's there's no reason to really fight for racial reconciliation. Yeah. That would be the first kind of argument um, against racial reconciliation. What, right. what, what would be another one, Kenny? Yeah, I would say that there's a group of people who say, just preach the gospel, that racial reconciliation and some of the justice issues that come up along with that, they say those are secondary matters. Right. They say if we just preach the gospel, then it will cover everything that we are supposed to be doing. Mm. And so we don't need to really emphasize any one thing that we should just focus on the gospel. And mm. and I guess God will sort everything out from right. there. Right. Yes. And yeah. As we as people come to believe in the gospel, all these other things will take care of themselves. We don't necessarily have to be intentional about racial reconciliation or right. anything else, right? Yeah. That if we just preach the gospel, um, everything would be okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which leads to a third, kind of a third argument, which is because of the gospel. Yes. We're already reconciled in Christ. 
Amen. So, you know, we would say, you know, it's Ephesians 2, right? I mean, yeah. they would say, you know, the, the, two, the two have become one. I mean, obviously Paul there is talking about Jews and Gentiles. Uh, they, you know, they would point to passages like that and say, if, if, if Jesus has already accomplished reconciliation at the cross, um, then, and, and they would say reconciliation with God and reconciliation with our fellow man, yes. Ephesians 2, right? If Jesus has already accomplished it, then what's the need? Why, why do we need to fight for it? Or why, do, you know, what's the need to try to do? What, in other words, the work's already done. Yes, Jesus has already done all the work. There's no, there's no reason to be fighting for racial reconciliation. Right. That that um, that seems to downplay the work of Christ. Right. Right. So, uh, so I think that's an argument. Is it? Um, what else? What is there? Any other arguments against? kind of fighting for racial reconciliation. Yeah, and, and this one kind of comes from not seeing the fullness of what we mean by reconciliation. Kind of viewing reconciliation as a a negative, uh, well, something that requires something to acknowledge something negative. Right. And so it's the the idea that I'm not a a racist. Mm-hmm. I'm not a racist, so I don't necessarily need to reconcile Right, because the the idea is that um, I've done something wrong. Right, right. Reconciliation means you've done something wrong. Yes. to hurt hurt the relationship. Right, and so because of that, you need reconciliation. Yes, but if I haven't done anything wrong, then I don't need to be reconciled. Yes, right. right. And so, so it it's the I don't I don't want to acknowledge. I don't need to acknowledge that. I'm a racist or that I need reconciliation because I haven't done anything wrong to to require right. reconciliation. Right. And so those are some of the arguments that we are are seeing when it comes to um, the the argument that we do not need racial reconciliation right. at all. And these are and I mean just to be clear, like these are Christian arguments. Yes. I mean these would be people who would you know, claim to follow Christ, or you know, are follow, following Christ, or brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're, you know, seeing other brothers and sisters in Christ saying, "Hey, we need to fight for racial reconciliation," and then they're kind of coming against it, coming against that notion, that idea, with with these arguments. So, yeah. <laughs> be, being a podcast called D- Diversity and Fellowship, obviously, yes. we believe that you know, if you've actually paid attention to the uh, the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> We, you know, we say we we want to we want to be fighting for right. We want to be a, a faithful display, and so, so what? So what? And and I think I think it's important to say that we're, we're trying to particularly deal here with those who would just claim against. We don't need to fight for this kind of yeah, those, those arguments right. that you just said, and so so Kenny, what would be the arguments that we would present and say, hey, no, we we do need to fight for this. This is something we need to labor for. This is something that. You know the Bible would call uh, call us to do so. How and obviously some of these are going to be kind of responses to some of the arguments against. But what? How would we argue? How would we say no? We do need to fight for diversity and fellowship. Right. So so the argument against that says race is a social construct is not in the Bible. So we don't need to fight for rac- racial reconciliation. I would say that because the church adopted the church in America, the the church worldwide, uh, in a sense, has mm-hmm. adopted these social social constructs, 
and we have divided based upon these social constructs that right. you know 11 a.m. is the most segregated hour in, in you know in the week mm. uh, there's black churches there's white churches there's people who have said throughout the history of the church in America that I don't want to worship with those people because of the color of their skin. Right. So the church played into those social constructs. And so we have a responsibility <laughs> because of our sinfulness. We have a responsibility to turn from that mm. and turn to what God has ordained for us um, in the word of God. Yeah. So it, it, it's not something to just be able to say, well, this is a social construct, so I don't have to deal with this. It's saying that, yeah, it, it's, and, and here's the thing, the people who would be all for diversity and fellowship, racial reconciliation, whatever you want to call it, they will acknowledge that race is a social construct, right? but they will acknowledge as well that whether it's a social construct or not, we have divided along that line. That's right. We've, and let, so, we've let the construct divide us. Right. And not just like we've let it divide us as a as a society. Right. We've let it divide us as the church. Yes. And the church should not have allowed that. But because we did, and in, and in some ways we were on the forefront of doing it in mm. society, yeah. that we, we have a responsibility to turn from that and turn towards what the word of God calls right. us to. Um, and, and the idea, whereas the idea of race is not in the Bible, the idea of ethnicity is definitely in the Bible. When we, when we see words like nation and tribe, and we talk about ethnos, you know, right. the idea of ethnicity is, is truly in the Bible. And we see that every tribe, tongue, nation, right? right. The picture in Revelation, um, the picture in Genesis uh, from from every nation, you're talking about Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. um, all nations will be blessed through you. Right. And so whatever we want to call it, whether we want to have these arguments about words that we should be avoiding, right? we have a responsibility as the church to fight for it. Yeah, and I think that's such an important point because, like, and we talked about this in our interview uh, with Shai Lin in his book, because he does a really great job in his book about making that distinction between, hey, if we don't want to use the term race right. because we think, well, that's a social construct and that's not the term that the Bible would use, that's fine. Yeah. Well, let's use the term ethnic. Right. But there, but don't, we can't, we can't just say, well, race is a social construct, Bible doesn't address it, therefore it's not a problem. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, let, like, if you want to use ethnic sins, which is what he, you know, which is what Shailen does in his book— you know, let, let's look at those. Let's see yeah. how we're guilty of those. Let's let's examine ourselves to make sure that we're not, you know, we're not um, struggling with those sins. And so, man, I think that's so important. It is. Right? I mean, it's just very, very important that we don't just try to say, you know, race is a social construct. We don't need race. We're just going to throw this out. Right? Right, right. Um, I, I think it's so important to see that, I mean, and and I think my challenge to those who would say that would be, Okay, that's fine. Let's don't use that language. But you have to tell me how you're going to be fighting for ethnic unity. Yes. If that's the language that you like, you know, right. or you know, Ephesians to Ephesians 4, you know, unity type stuff. So that's again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I think those are man, I think those are I think that's really really important. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely important. So brother, what is another argument yes. for 
diversity and fellowship? Well, I think, you know, again, I mean, we agree with the notion we want to just preach. The, I mean, we agree with the notion we want to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. It, it's I think the problem comes in when it's it's kind of this just preach the gospel takes on this kind of real narrow view of the gospel. Right. Um, where all, all we're talking about is, you know, you just repent and believe and everything's fine, you know, and, and it's yeah. it's like, well, okay, what does repentance and belief actually look look life look like in the life of a believer? Because yes. the I mean the New Testament letters actually lay that out for us fairly clearly. I mean <laughs> talks a lot about what, what that should look like in the local church amongst yes. believers, you know, those types of things. And so if we're going to, quote-unquote, just preach the gospel, we got to make sure we're just preaching the whole gospel. Yes. We can't just preach this kind of narrow view of the gospel that doesn't really involve the implication, what we would say would be a, a clear implication of the gospel. Clear implication. Right? We love our neighbors. Right. We, we love those around us. We love one another. We serve one another. Um, and that means loving people who don't look like us, right? Right. And loving people whose cultures are different, you know, culturally different than us. I mean, though. That is a part of the gospel. Amen. And when you start trying to say we're going to preach the gospel, but we're not going to include that, yes. I mean, then you have to ask, well, wait, 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 no, no. make make sure you're preaching the full gospel, right? Yes. Make sure you're preaching the whole gospel. So I think that's, I think that's, I think that's that's really really important. And if you did, if they said, well, that's just a secondary matter, it's like, well, sure. I mean, in one sense, we would say, right? It's not like. If you're fighting, you, you know, you have you're fighting for reconciliation in order to get yourself saved, right? We understand that. We know, yeah, that's not true. But there are all kinds of secondary matters that we're talking about in our preaching and in our teaching and in our churches, right? Yes. Um, I mean, it, it's like saying somebody's saying, "Well, abortion's a secondary matter," and so we're not going to deal with that, right? You know, or homosexuality or whatever. You know, all these other sins that that seem to be talked about so much. Yeah. It's like, well, no, we want to address any any. You know, if it's in the text, if it's there, we we want to preach. That's that's preaching the Bible, right? right? And um, and so I think that's I think it's so important for us to make all those connections to see those things. Um, I, I get. I mean, I understand the sentiment of just preach the gospel, but I but I and I think in in one sense I absolutely agree, but I do think it's right for us to come along and say, yeah, but let's make sure we're preaching the full gospel, the whole gospel. Yeah, and and as important. In, in those lines for us not to limit what Jesus accomplished on the cross, mm. right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to, and, and that's what happens when we, when we limit the gospel to this sort of individual um, salvation, which mm. is definitely that. All Absolutely. those who believe in, in what Jesus has accomplished for us will be saved, but Ephesians 2 talking about how Jesus in his flesh tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, his death, his death and resurrection tore down the dividing wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile. Hmm. So that is a full gospel message, right? It is right. a it's a gospel message. And so when we start to limit what the gospel is, yeah. we're not fully appreciating what Jesus has done for us on the cross. So we have to make sure we are definitely preaching the entire gospel and the implications of the gospel. So Jesus <laughs> Jesus when he tell when he sends people out in the great uh commission, mm-hmm. he says and teach them everything that I have taught you. Teach them to obey everything. Yep. Right? That's right. And so 
if we're going to say, well, the gospel is the only thing, well, we're being disobedient to Jesus because he said, right. teach, teach them to obey, teach them to obey everything. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so we're doing a horrible job at discipleship, which is a probably a whole nother <laughs> podcast. Right. Right. If we are only limiting what we are saying to what the gospel message is, there's many implications of the gospel, many things that Jesus taught um, that will technically be secondary matters, but that he has instructed us to teach yeah, other people. Good. Right. Well, let me push back on you a little bit on that one. Yes. So, so you're, you know, you're looking at Ephesians 2, right. right? Jesus has accomplished this reconciliation for us. Yes. And so I think some, some folks would say, well, then what are we fighting for? Right. right? I mean, Jesus is, you said it, Kenny. Yeah, Jesus, I said it. Jesus has already accomplished right. the recon- our reconciliation between the, the reconciliation between God and man. Yes. Right? And Jesus has also accomplished the reconciliation between the two men, right? Jews and Gentiles. Yes. So Absolutely. if Jesus at the cross, through his death, burial, and resurrection, accomplished reconciliation, yes. why do we need to fight for it? Well, we have to... Just because Jesus has accomplished something doesn't mean we're actually living it out, right? Right. So we actually have to walk in what Jesus has accomplished. Like we right. we can be disobedient to what Jesus has accomplished. Right. So being reconciled to God, like us being reconciled to God in Christ, I can actually walk in a way that is disobedient to God, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know about you, brother, but right. I know I can do that. I, I can do that, right? I can, do that. I can yes. walk in a way. I can still live in a way that is disobedient to the reconciliation right. that I already have with God. Right. And I can live in disobedience to the to being reconciled to every other ethnicity right. in Christ. Yeah. And so we still are are called to to walk it out. And Ephesians four talks about maintaining, make, taking every opportunity to maintain the unity of the body, right? That's right. Right. Yeah. And, make, that's, a, and that's a command. That's a command for us to do this, right? Right. And he talks about the, you know, one body, one spirit, one Lord, right? One God, Father of all. And so the the idea that we can we can say, well, Christ has accomplished this, so I don't have to do do anything. Mm. <laughs> I don't have to right. do anything. Like, you still have to walk in that yeah um we we understand this with sin we know through through christ's life death and resurrection that he has conquered sin he has conquered the power of sin right right and and the penalty of sin but yet and still we are called to in in many ways make war with our sin yeah and we we shouldn't say well christ has already accomplished that so i can just you know, rest in the fact that he has accomplished that, which we can rest in it, but mm-hmm. but we can't be complacent and say, I'm not going to fight any sin in my life. Right. Like that, that's foolishness. Yeah. I mean, part of that is a, I mean, I think maybe some of it is, is just, you know, we got to think, we got to think through sanctification better. Yes. Um. So, I mean, we would all say that, you know, hey, we. I don't think we would ever say to like a brand new Christian, hey, Jesus did everything for you. He died on the cross for you. He saved you. You put your trust in him. Now do whatever you want, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you don't even have to show up on Sunday morning. I mean, like, <laughs> don't show up on Sunday morning. Don't read your Bible. Yes. Don't, don't learn. 
don't do anything, right? Because right. Jesus, like, none of us would say that, right? No. We all realize the error in that. And so I think, I think in one sense, we just have to, we have to think through some of these issues a little bit better as far as, um, yes, Jesus did accomplish the reconciliation between Christ and, um, uh, between, or between the Father and, and us, right? He, between God and man. Yes. And he did absolutely accomplish the reconciliation between, you know, the two men. Right. Which begs the question, then why why is the church divided along racial lines, right? right. I mean, it forces us to say, wow, I mean, if Jesus did accomplish that, then why are we continuing to divide based upon the color of our skin or based yes. upon, you know, all these other, you know, some of these other factors? And I think it's at that point where we have to say, okay, maybe we maybe we haven't maintained the unity in a way right. that we should have. And so yes. we, we've got to repent of that. We've got to look at ways to ways to move forward. That's not going to be an easy process. You know, it wasn't like we got here overnight, so we're not going to fix it overnight. I mean, I think that's a, uh, I mean, that's a right thing to, to acknowledge and, and recognize. But, but, but again, I mean, not, not seeing the way sanctification, I mean, it, it, part of it is just yeah. seeing the way sanctification works. We're continually fighting against sin. We're continually, you know, battling these, uh, battling in these ways. Why would we not be continuing, continually battling for reconciliation, right? right? Yeah. Living that out. Yes. Main, maintaining that, you know? Um, I mean, I, I haven't, I've met, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever met a Christian who said sanctification was unnecessary. Right. 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 Don't grow, don't grow in your faith. No, I don't think I ever no, met you know, or don't, don't maintain your faith. You know, don't, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, we would all say that. That's, right. you know, and so I think racial, fighting for racial reconciliation is part, is just one part of, of that kind of sanctifying process. Amen. So, um, what else? What other arguments for diversity and fellowship, for fighting for racial reconciliation, uh, do you think we should mention, brother? Yeah, I would say that to to those who have the limited view of reconciliation, that say I'm not racist, so I don't I haven't done anything, so I don't need to be reconciled. So when we we're talking about reconciliation, what we're talking about is making sure that we are displaying the full power of the gospel in the local church. We're trying to show people, as we say in our intro, how the gospel brings us together and Amen. keeps us together. Amen. And in displaying that, as Jesus says in John 17, the world will know yeah. that Jesus was sent by the Father. Jesus connects our evangelism to the fact that we are united. Yep. That believers in Christ, no matter their ethnicity, race, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. that as we are maintaining the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, mm -hmm. that that's going to affect our ability and the power we have to share the gospel. And so that's what we mean by reconciliation. It's not just a a well, ha, you, we've done something wrong, so we gotta we gotta make it right. It's more than that. It's a right. beauty that mm -hmm. comes with that. It's a power that comes to that. There is there is great benefit in being with people who are different mm -hmm. than you. Yeah. Um, to learn from them, to grow with them, um, to enjoy them. Right. And so. To, to limit it to just the, the negative connotation that would come to that, it, it's failing to see the, the fullness of reconciliation. Anything you would add to that? Well, 
and I'm just kind of having this thought, so this may go off the tracks. But yeah, here we go. Know, These workshopping uh, sermon illustrations. I know, right? <laughs> but it's staggering to think, Kenny, if you look at the his, if you look at the history, of just America, just our country. Yes. And you think, what if during slavery, the local church got it right? Right. Right. If the local church just said, "Nope, that's we we don't." We're not going to stand for this. Yeah, we we can't, you know, and um and 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 just through the power of the gospel and through the you right. I mean, right. through the preaching, they just were like, we, we can't. We're not going to do this. Yeah, we, this is not going to work, right? Or think about you know after after slavery during during a time where there was still segregation, right? Yeah, if there were churches, and I know there were some, and I'm man thankful for those. Yes, but, but more and more churches who said, "What are you talking about?" Like. Black people are going to sit in the, you know, they're going to have to sit in different places or, or you know. They can't hold leadership can't, positions. That's right. They can't be pastors. Or be ordained we, or right. you're welcome schools. You're welcome to come in. We just don't want you to be in, be in you know, you know right. we don't want you to be a pastor or anything like that. I mean, like, but what if they had said, no, what, like, if they would have actually gotten it right. Yes. And, 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 and churches would have become diverse at that point. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like when when society is still segregated, still, society's right. still trying but to figure it out. The church is saying no. I mean, they're this lost. You know, they're still trying to figure it out. There's still hatred. There's still yeah. ugliness. But the church is going, man, we got this wrong, and so now we can get this right. Yes. You know, or what if during the you know Jim Jim Crow years, you know, right? Like no, 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 no. We will not put it. We we got this wrong for so many years. Now we're going to get this right. Yes. You know, or during the civil rights. <laughs> Any I mean, even, of these times, right? Even during the civil rights, like yeah. the church is still getting it wrong. Yes, I mean, there's now it's kind of this separate. Now the church has bought into this separate but equal right kind of thing, right? You know, yeah. like well, we're we're equal, but you guys stay over here. And it isn't that yeah. exactly what John? I mean, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Yes, the power of the gospel overcomes that, right? And then the world looks at that and goes. You know, in our country, I mean, let's use civil rights. Wouldn't it have been crazy if the if people had been like, you know what? Everywhere in our country, it's separate but equal, except for in the church. Amen. In the church, it's it's actually together and equal, yes. right? I mean, it's we love one another, serve one another. We're right. I mean, what what kind of impact Amen. would would that have had? And my hope and my prayer, brother, is that. You know, we're we're trying. You know, the church is trying to finally wake up in in America. Particularly, yes. again, we're just talking about. You know, I mean, obviously that uh, we pray for that everywhere. But um, but particularly, I I think if if more and more you know local churches, lo, you know local Christians, people, um, and it will take uh, it will take. Um, this is not just a hey the white white church has got to get it right or hey the black church has got to get it right. This is a hey all the churches have to amen have to and they're going to have to make sacrifices. And we talked about all this. I mean, they're going to take sacrifices. It's going to be hard. Yes, it will. Um, but what a beautiful thing. Yes, you know. I mean, what a and again we have this opportunity right now in our country. I mean, um, because of recent events and because of just ugly things that have happened and because of ongoing injustices. I mean, there is serious racial tension, you know, in our country. Yeah. And oh, how I want to be able to say, look at the church. The church is not. The church is going to get it right. Right. But yeah. I still think we're, you know, we're, I think we've made good steps. Right. And I, I do think the church has become one of the places, at least one of the better places in, in our communities where that's happening, where um, there's unity. 
but I, but I, but man, our prayer is, Lord, do it more, right? Do, yes, do that even more. Let that, let that, and I, and so again, I think this whole concept of, hey, look, I'm not racist, and so I don't really have to deal with that. Right. It's like no, 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 no. What, just think through it a little bit more. Yes. Like, what if you're? What if the thought is, is no, but but we've had this, we've had this trouble in the past, and so we want to correct that. We want to make sacrifices. We want to love. We want to lay down our lives for one another, so that we can display the beauty and the power of the gospel. Amen. Um, it really is staggering when you think of it along those lines. Right. So hopefully I didn't go too far off. The, no, no. That, I mean the, that, that's tracks, right. It but, is definitely. Um, Definitely biblical, and definitely what is desperately needed. We could probably go on that on that yeah. vein for a long, long, long time. But I mean, the the church is most effective when it's distinctly um, different yeah. than the culture. But too often we have been lockstep with the culture. That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. so there's nothing that shows the the power of the gospel. Mm. Right, the yeah. power of Jesus to 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 bring us and keep us together, and mm-hmm. so if if we can display that even now, like what greater witness do we have? Like our words don't become empty words whenever we say that Jesus is able to to save you. Whenever we can show that Jesus has the power to bring yeah. us together, right? I mean, whatever our communities look like, and we we acknowledge that communities look different. All, yeah. all, all, you know, everywhere. But if if your church is a place where people from the outside, lost people, look and say, that's a place where everybody gathers. Yes. And everybody matters, and everybody's important, and every voice, every voice is heard. And you, you, you I mean, like rich, poor, black, white, right? And we want to believe that our churches are there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, we want to believe that. But I'm, you know, I, I still think we have work to do. You know, right. Um, for that, for that to be true, but I do think that's what Jesus. I mean, I think you have to say that's what Jesus is praying for there in John seventeen. Absolutely, and 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 recognizing the impact, right, that that would have um, in our communities if we if we could put that on display. So good stuff. I mean, that's that's great. What's our uh, what's a diverse what's our diversity and fellowship resource for uh, the week, brother? Yeah. So. Uh, we have recommended a book by George Yancey, Beyond mm. Racial Gridlock, before. I think it was right. one of our picks of the year yes, uh, last very year. Good. Mm-hmm. So um, we have another book by George Yancey. It was actually before Beyond Racial right. Gridlock. It's called One Body, One Spirit, Principles of Successful Multiracial Churches. Yeah, so. good stuff. Good resource for trying to work through some of the things that we've talked about. All right, so that means it's time for our crazy question. Crazy question. So the crazy question today was this is a, this is Pastor Kenny's question. Yes. So brother Kenny, I I will I'll let you uh, I'll let you ask it and I'll try to stumble my way through an answer. So we're talking about bringing two different groups together, right? <laughs> when it comes to the church, you uh, know. we're stretching. We're yes. really stretching. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so the question is like, what is your favorite song that brings two different musical genres yes. together? Yes. Okay, so I got two answers, right? Yes. One of them is kind of a joke, but it's just funny because I'd forgotten about it. There was a long, long time ago. I'm going to show my age here, Kenny. I, I used to listen to Stephen Curtis Chapman. Okay. Right. And so he had an album, uh, The Great Adventure. That was the title track off that album, and it was real popular, and everybody yes. liked it. 
he had a song on that album called It's Gotta Be True <laughs> or You Gotta Be True or something like that. Yeah. G-O-T-T-O-B-T-R-U. They, oh, didn't, okay. they didn't even add the E on that oh, little no. part. Yes. And it was him who's very kind of country, guitar, <laughs> pop, whatever. <laughs> and and Toby Mac from DC Talk, right? Yeah. Early, another early Christian, right? And so... Stephen Curtis Chapman actually raps in the in that song. Toby Mac raps in that song, uh, and it's horrible. Like, it is it's bad. A terrible, terrible. He played it for me. It's bad. It's a terrible <laughs> song. It's a it's a train wreck for your ears. It is. It's hard. I can't even listen to it. I'm embarrassed. It, I have to turn it off. I want to leave the room when it right. comes on. So anyway, that that's one. I, that's not really my favorite, but that that one's out there. I'll throw it out there. I've got others, but we're, yeah. we're pressed on time. So I'll I'll, let, I'll 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 throw it to you, brother. What is your favorite song that combines genres? So I was raised in the '80s. Yes, um, and so many people know this. Uh, Run DMC, Errol Smith, yes. mm. Walk This Way. Yes, I mean Walk that was so. <laughs> It was so odd to me to see those two groups together. It really was. It was, it was so odd. I mean, we the video was a, it was just great. Right. It was so much fun. They're all like they're mad at each other at first, yeah. right? Because both of them are turning their music up too loud. Right. And then by the end, they have brought it together. That's what I'm saying, man. They're bringing it together. We can learn a lot from Run DMC and Aerosmith. Oh, Lord. Things I not <laughs> thought we would never say <laughs> right. on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Did not expect that. All right. Well, good stuff. Hope you guys have enjoyed uh, the episode, and we will catch up with you next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.